Welcome to the Stitch the Pitch podcast, the podcast for those of us with resting pitch face. My name is Jess. I am the official reporter for uh, the Colorado Rapids, and this is the audio aspect of the overall Switch the Pitch media experience. Switch the Pitch is a woman-owned, staffed, and operated media outlet that aims to switch the pitch of soccer media to be more inclusive and accessible. My name is Darby, and I am the official reporter for the Houston Dynamo and the podcast producer. And today on our Switch the Pitch podcast, we're basically going to be talking about the exact same thing that everyone else is talking about this week, which is the MLS is back final that is coming up. We are recording this podcast on Saturday afternoon. Um, The podcast will be coming out tomorrow on Sunday. And then that following Tuesday is the MLS is back final between Orlando City and the Portland Timbers. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about their um, their time through the tournament and maybe some predictions, those sorts of things about how things are going. So what do you think, Jess? Who's taking it? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, honestly, it's hard to really say. Um, I didn't see Orlando making it as far as they did. I am not at all surprised by the Timbers um, getting into the finals. So uh, my hope is Orlando because I cannot, for the life of me, stand Portland whatsoever. Uh, I think it'll be a really interesting game. This ref is really going to be uh, have to be on his cards, though, because they're both very physical teams that will do whatever they can to um, get to the ball, there might be, there will probably be a lot of fouls. Um, you know, when you've got players like Diego Chata and you've got players like Nani who basically just throw themselves, you know, into the game, literally, um, we'll probably see a, a good deal of cards. We may even see an ejection, to be honest, because of the physicality of these guys. Um, I think. I don't for prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two one Orlando. Um, we'll see though. I mean, and part of that again is my bias. I don't want to see Portland win another trophy of some kind in MLS, just because they get a ton of them. You know, there's no need for them to get another one, in my opinion. My my never to be humble opinion. <laughs> Well, and, and I think it is telling that the final is an Eastern Conference, Western Conference final. And I think that um, the fact that we are yeah. two Western Conference reporters says something because Portland is definitely like the Western Conference, like like they're Atlanta United, you know, but but over here, like nobody likes them. And, and I have to say, like, I feel the same way. I am. For 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 every metric that I run, I am absolutely Orlando City's got to come out on top. Um, but but then again, my metrics are definitely not the traditional sports journalist metrics. It's all about how Fair. I feel. It's all it's all <laughs> how I feel. Um, to be honest, like you know, number one, I love an underdog story. 
And right. so the fact that Orlando has come out and, and had so much success in this tournament tells you a lot about who they are as a team right now. Um, I also, Portugal is the first team that I ever fell in love with, uh, watching soccer. And so having Nani over in, um, Orlando city is absolutely like, I love to watch him play. I've always loved to watch him play. Um, and so that's, that's another one in Orlando's favor. I'm going to be also honest early on in the tournament. I had a hard time cheering for Orlando City because I am also not a fan of Dom Dwyer. And oh, so no. it's like I constantly oh, no. had this like, oh, Nani, and then, oh, Dom Dwyer. And <laughs> the fact that Dom Dwyer is now out, I am like all in Orlando City, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is I mean, sad. And, and part of it. Yeah. Part of the pro Orlando City for me is is Oscar Pereja. You know, he used to be with the Rapids. He used to be with FC Dallas. And they've stuck with him even through their losses, you know, after, after obviously after kicking out Jason Christ. Um, and they've kind of stuck with his method. And his method has gotten them this far. You know, um, this is a long time coming for them. Um, I really wanted to see a Philly, Minnesota final or a Philly Orlando final, uh, which in that case, I would have gone Philly all the way, um, hands down. Um, I love Alejandro Bedoya, um, and I have family out in Philly, so it's kind of like one of those other teams that I just root for, you know? Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, like, even if you look at the, the sports side and the scoreline side, um, I was thinking a little bit earlier about where these two teams came from coming into this tournament, which um, Orlando City beat Montreal, who Mm -hmm. really had a great showing in in this tournament. They beat LAFC and they beat Minnesota. Like those are solid, solid teams to come up against and to come especially when you are an underdog who has no silverware like um, Orlando city. So then you turn around and you look at Portland and Portland beat FC Cincinnati. Okay. Right. They beat NYCFC, which sorry, Mandy, they are not having a great time right now currently. And I don't um, think Mandy would disagree with you on that point. Right. That's, That's true. Um, and they beat Philadelphia, who was probably their, you know, their toughest, their toughest match. And, that, yeah. you know, they they kind of cakewalked into this final. And I feel like that Orlando City really showed that they have something to prove with this. And, and yeah. I also am a big fan of Oscar Pereja, despite the fact that he was at FC Dallas. <laughs> um and um, and yeah, so I, I I think he's the right coach. I think it's the right team. I think it's the right time. Like, mm-hmm. it's I have to go with Orlando. My my head says so. My heart says so. Like, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, I can I can totally identify with that. Um, I was honestly when we talk about the tournament as a whole, um, I was really pleased with what I saw out of San Jose. You know, this is not the team that we have seen get, you know, get on the field before. 
So I don't know if this is just like a like kind of a fluke thing where they have um, they suddenly woke up for this, or if this is a long time coming and everything just fell in the you know in the right places for them um, during this tournament. But I was really impressed with them. I was really impressed with um, how they've grown under Almeida, um, and very impressed with Almeida's shorter hair too. That's definitely different. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the, and they had some really great goals, some really great opportunities. Um, I'm bummed that they didn't go farther, but I I can't see them being too disappointed with how far they ended up going, considering how often they end up on the bottom of the entire league. You know, if we had relegation, they would have been they wouldn't have come back up into MLS yet. I don't think. Right. And that's, you know, they, they were great to watch um, as, as far as kind of all, all across the tournament. Um, Philadelphia was a lot of fun to watch, but I have oh, to yeah. say that Curtin has definitely come out as my absolute favorite coach in, in all of this. Um, you know, the, the fact that they, you know, we don't have crowd noise and, and the broadcast that Hallelujah didn't pipe in the crowd noise and really gave you the opportunity to listen to the coaches. I loved listening to Curtin on the sideline. He yeah. was a riot. <laughs> That's true. There have definitely been some moments on the, on the pitch where I'm like, Oh man, I'm kind of glad we don't have crowd noise so that I can hear that. Cause that's hysterical. And at the same time, it's like, Oh, maybe, maybe they should have muted that one. Right. Like I tweeted out, I did notice that when they went to censor stuff happening on the field, it sounded like instead of the sound going away all the way, like they dropped their mic into a bucket of water because you could kind of still hear it. But it was like, it kind of reminds me of that old Saturday Night Live uh, subway skit where they're all standing in there going, leaving now. <laughs> right, right. And but. Early on, they were working on fixing that that muting issue, and it was like they didn't have the levels right. And like like I had responded, it sounded like barking dogs. Like <laughs> I I was I was on Twitter, like I was tweeting out one of the matches that was very early on, and I actually said, "Is anybody else hearing this on their on their broadcast?" And I like I found a GIF of like cartoon dogs barking, and it, that's absolutely what it sounded like. But um, oh my gosh. I, I will say, watching Orlando City, um, the fact that I do know several curse words in Portuguese, um, <laughs> they definitely are not bleeping those out. And Nani is not there a quiet guy. There have been a guy. few Spanish ones that, I, uh, that I've caught as well. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny to watch them when they're going up to the ref because it's like you can we've always been able to lip read and see what they're saying but now that you can actually hear them you know like in one of the in the very first game when Dom Dwyer went up and was yelling at the ref I was like oh that's definitely Dom Dwyer yelling you can hear it you can (laughs) nobody else on that team has that accent (laughs) right right um and then you know MLS actually put together a little montage a couple of weeks ago um, with all the coaches and some of the stuff that they were saying on the sideline. 
And that's really when Curtin, like, he cracked me up so much. And I don't remember what game it was, but, like, two two guys in the midfield kind of collided. And you okay. heard, like, like you could hear, like, this crunch of, of people. And Curtin looks over at one of his assistants because he says something like, that's a lot of meat. That's, a whole, <laughs> that's, that's two really big guys knocking into one another. <laughs> And I thought, of all the things, of, of all the things to say about that, that that's a lot of meat. <laughs> but it's just, he you was, know. was yelling at the fourth ref too, of like, why are we? It was in the it was in the Timbers game where he was like, why are we waiting on this? Like, we don't have we don't have that much time left. We should we should just get him off the field and keep playing. Or it was something to that effect. Yeah. So, speaking of. Um, hearing you know what's going on it's kind of a nice to hear the bar conversations you know to actually I feel like that might add an extra layer of accountability in the refs you know so that it's less likely for a rep uh, this is maybe this is just my optimist side saying this but less likely for a ref to you know have the whole thing broadcast and then come back and be like oh no I was right anyway you know like <laughs> When it's not broadcast, they can still sit there and be like, no, you, you're not seeing it right. And we don't know that that's the conversation happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I have some level of hope that they might consider keeping that part of it. Because it really is, you know, it, it's it's very illustrative of, of what they're doing and how they're making their decisions. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think there was a tweet from um, Twalman about that, saying that that was something they were wanting to uh, start on ESPN. So let's go ahead and shift just a little bit, because thankfully we have got even more news to talk about um, around MLS other than the tournament, which is the restart of some play, some post-tournament play. Uh, They just released. Yeah, they just released their schedule. And, um, and yeah, so, so what do we think? I am pretty stoked. Um, I mean, the official start is going to be August 12th, uh, for some teams. Um, the Rapids will not start until August 22nd, um, against RS or FSL as we like to call them. Um, but the first game is going to be FC Dallas and Nashville um, in Frisco uh, to start off the remainder of the season, the 18-game season, as well as for them to catch up with the points that they missed out on from having to go home from the tournament. So I'm I'm fairly stoked. Um, at the moment, no fans are going to be allowed in. Um, it's not for... Colorado. I'm assuming that's going to be the same for like New York City, Los Angeles, uh, the Texas teams, um, the Florida teams, basically places that were hit harder with um, uh, with COVID or have stronger restrictions in place. Um, so I don't know if they're going to like make that across the entire league. Um, but that's Right for me, because that means everything I paid for the 2020 season is now applied to the 2021 season, and I will only have to make up one game in my payments. <laughs> so I'm pretty stoked about that. Right. Um, I I did hear um, from Eve a little bit earlier 
Eve said that they have got a small number of season ticket holders that they are actually allowing in the stadium for Montreal. So, and that'll be interesting to see because so when they uh, when they reopened the baseball season, um, Toronto is actually the Blue Jays are playing all of their games in Buffalo because um, the Canadian government wouldn't allow American teams to come back and forth across the border for the 60 game season. So I wonder if that's going to change or if Montreal is going to have to play in a different stadium. We already know that NYCFC is playing in a different stadium for the entire uh, 18 game season because of the shortened ML, um, MLB um stadium so when you share the obviously when you share the stadium with the Yankees they're going to be the ones to take precedence obviously um so I kind of wonder if Vancouver and Montreal and Toronto are going to end up you know kind of commandeering a stadium in a, in a U.S. state in order to play out their 18 games um I actually I, I think that that they talked about that a little bit and I think that the Canada clubs will only be playing other Canadian clubs to prevent that issue oh. of U.S. teams coming up. So it's sad for, you know, them them to be able to play out a, a full, you know, full season of, of, you know, actually playing people from their, their clubs. In fact, let's see. Hang on. I'm trying to look at the stuff right now and it actually looks like that they they may not have released any of the Canadian clubs schedule so that they've released Um, everybody but Canada I think Canada is going to have to play separately Um, but they they are playing Montreal doesn't have any of their current games up there right so so they'll be playing separately which is which is a little bit sad but but I mean I think that it's odd that the Montreal club folks are letting their fans know that games are coming but that MLS has not released that schedule yet. Maybe MLS is just leaving it up to the Canadians to work out their own schedule. Like we we did the United States. You guys work it out between yourselves. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, we heard about the August 22nd anticipated start date before MLS ever released anything. So you know, maybe the clubs are just ahead of MLS or there are things that MLS is still trying to put into place for them. You know, maybe they aren't trying to do the all Canadian teams only play each other and they're trying to figure out the rest of it. I don't know. Right. Um, I did notice that on that on that release, they mentioned that this year, instead of um, 14 clubs going into the postseason, there's going to be 18 clubs going into the postseason. Um, I don't remember if that was like, a determination they made before the season started or if this is a we'll cut them some slack because we had um a pandemic year (laughs) kind of um like a concession consideration concession thank you that is the word i'm looking for concession (laughs) it's gonna be weird and you know and, and obviously with canada just playing canada when the Canada teams, if the Canada teams do make um, any sort of a playoff or, or final um, later in the fall, everybody's going to be going, well, is it because they didn't play the U.S. teams or um, are they letting Canada in? Are we you know, closing them off completely? Which 
I hope not, because I sure like some of those Canadian players. But well, you uh, know, and who knows where I'll be by the time the playoffs come around, because they're saying November 20th. So we will hopefully be under a new administration at that time. So maybe relations will be a little more jovial. I don't know. You know, for all we know, the pandemic may pack its bags and be gone by then. I I don't think so, but we don't know, you know? Yeah, I, I think for, for me being in Texas, that's so hard to see since we never really fully shut down. Mm-hmm. And, and our cases, like, we still have people dying in my county every day and um, cases are still increasing. Like, like I don't... We have not gotten to a point in Texas where I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Like right. it's some sometimes I think I do, and then I look around and go, nope, nope, I've just decided this is normal. <laughs> this this is still just the same. Um. So yeah. So it's it's hard for me to see that light at the end of the tunnel. But but yes, for the rest of the world, absolutely. And and maybe Texas will be the next one. You know, FC Dallas. And Houston will be down here just playing each other because no one's going to be allowed in the state. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the new Canada, but like everybody's trying to stay. Well, I mean, out. you guys are coming to us when when we play instead of us going to you. So there is that. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, our first game is going to be on. We're starting on August 21st, and and we are playing the Dallas team. Like, okay. Nobody's nobody is coming to Texas because. Texas is still really scary. And so we're playing a Texas team on the 21st and then we're playing again. Yeah. We're, we're taking Texas to you guys, I think after that. So it'll be fun. Yeah. That's, I mean, looking at the, the player's social media and seeing what I kind of gleaning what I can from following all of the team on social media, I do think that they're being incredibly safe. I don't see a whole lot of the players out at bars, like, throwing parties and having an off season or anything like that. So I feel relatively sure in, in sending the Houston dynamo out to other States, but yeah, bringing, bringing people into Texas is problematic. Yeah. No joke. We're going to be like in one of those, like what is it? Hermetically sealed. Is that the word? Yes. (laughs) We need to buses coming into town. (laughs) It's like, Here's your oxygen tank. You do not get to breathe the air here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, you know, school starts for us next week. Yeah. Um, they're doing two weeks of virtual and then we're going back to in school and, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how poorly things turn after that. Um, we are set for the first six weeks will be virtual school. Um, and then what I am understanding is that after that, it will either be in person or a hybrid. So there will be students who will be able to stay at home and do the virtual schooling and other students will be able to go to school um, and get, you know, get their le- learning in that way. Yeah, we're um, our kids do have the option, but my kid in particular is like doesn't care if he has to go to school wearing a zero pressure hazmat suit. He is ready to be back at school. <laughs> but it's, I mean, <laughs> okay, fair. Ex- extracurricular activities have started. We we do soccer three or four times a week. Um, he did jazz choir choreography practices twice this last week. So I mean, we're just we're just business as usual and keeping yeah. our fingers crossed, trying to be careful. So the, 
the one that I'm curious about in Texas, are they still having a football season? Ooh, a high school yeah. football season because that is huge. You know, my dad used to coach up uh, up at Irving High, and so like I remember football season and barely seeing him in the fall because of it. So I don't think that they're going to end up doing any UIL sports. Okay. Um, but I think that some of the local schools are trying to just kind of organize some kind of intramural at least the kids get to play kind of a situation. So, well, I mean, it it won't be anything like what it has been in the past. And so that'll be really interesting to see. But, you know, soccer clubs are going on as normal. They've, so Austin, they host the first big Texas club soccer tournament every year and they canceled it this year. Um, Okay. But Houston being Houston is going to host um, a competing one. So, and and I actually think that my my kids club team is going to play in that, so I'll be there with a mask oh on, trying you, to be careful can, about who I touch. You can do your best Anthony Rizzo impersonation and walk around and give out hand sanitizer to everybody. <laughs> yep. Social social distancing on the sidelines is pretty easy for us because I'm definitely one of those soccer parents that doesn't sit down. Like I watch and I kind of pace back and forth like I'm definitely one of those soccer parents um so yeah I mean we'll see how it goes soccer is happening and it's happening even more at the youth level than maybe everybody's comfortable with but here we go (laughs) (laughs) me yep oh man all right anything else you want to talk about the final anything else you want to talk about the uh schedule uh no i think i'm good honestly i think i have aired out everything that was in my mind all right well for now i mean for for us for jess and i let's go orlando city meet the timbers yes fell them trees (laughs) bring your chainsaws I'm going to make that a hashtag a thing during the game. Hashtag fell them trees. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I just want to run a quick review of the exciting things that are happening over on the website at switchthepitchsoccer.com. As the MLS is back tournament is winding down, so are our articles, but that doesn't mean that there aren't lots of great things to take a look at there, as well as some really good hot takes. We have covered all of the matches from the last week. Staff covered the Orlando City versus LAFC match. And then our writer of the week, Sheba, absolutely did an amazing job covering three out of the four matches. She covered NYCFC versus Portland. And then both of our semifinal matches, Orlando over Minnesota and Portland over Philadelphia. I'd just like to highlight her hot takes from that last match. Her Philadelphia hot take, Andre Blake is the union's tournament player of the match, and that probably isn't a good thing. Blake has been outstanding in Florida, continuing his consistent, excellent tournament play in this match with five saves in the game and 16 total in Philadelphia's three knockout games. In the end, though, His stops weren't enough to keep the Union in the game because the offense wasn't there to carry their share of the load. In the first half, 
Blake had more passes than Philadelphia's entire offense. Her Portland hot take. Hey, how about those Timbers offensive threats? Portland seems to be using multiple complementary offensive weapons effectively. They'll just need to be able to close out the game in the final. The Timbers cannot afford to let their opponent back into the match in the waning moments, like they did on Wednesday. Of course, that doesn't cover everything. If you'd like to read a little bit more about her hot takes, please check out her articles at switchthepitchsoccer.com and feel free to send us any feedback that you have about her hot takes or anything else. Thanks for reading. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Switch the Pitch podcast the podcast for those of us with resting pitch face. Thank you to 123 Scream and Jana Pokop for our podcast anthem. Links to uh, those websites are in the show notes. You can send us email at contact at switchthepitchsoccer.com. Shout us out on Twitter using hashtag RPF mailbag. Switch the Pitch is more than the articles on the website and we are more than our weekly podcast the social media team and our photographers are able to offer interactive and visual connections with mls fans on twitter and instagram at switch the pitch one our website as always is switchthepitchsoccer.com and you can find us on facebook at fb.me slash switch the pitch soccer bye Yeah, Twelman, yep. your face when you're like, I have to bring up his name. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>